We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another edition of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, this is a little bit a little bit of a different uh, thing that we're doing tonight because I'm just joined by two of my best friends in the world. Uh, let's see, who should I bring on first? Which of these esteemed individuals is, is the more esteemed of the two? Uh, let's start with Andrew because everybody's used to him. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Hi, John. I'm great to be here. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Such a pleasure. Um, and making his return, I God he put a gun to my head. I couldn't tell you when the last time he was on. It feels like it hasn't been at some point in the last year. Uh, my buddy from law school, uh, Bernardo Zorowski. Hello, Bernard. I believe it was for your birthday, you dick. Oh, he so, forgets uh, that that thanks. moment. Thanks. And, uh, like we I don't feel the love anymore, in. man. We work so hard. Oh man, you know I why? had like a half naked screaming child on me, and it's such a dick. <laughs> because I forget that because it I was came at the end of the season. That was game five. They their season ended two days later. By that point in the season, I was so I was so exhausted. <laughs> Like my brain wasn't <laughs> functioning at all. I was like, let's just get to the finish line in one piece. And then I, that was a fun night though. That was a very fun night. I enjoyed that. Um, so that's the last time I talked to you on this. It's probably the last time I've actually heard your voice or seen you because uh, you've been busy. Really? With, uh, with uh, things. I wonder if there's another occasion where you saw Oz or heard his voice and saw him in person. Oh, that's right. I saw him once in between. Oh, my goodness, John. At <laughs> <Wow>. your wedding. <laughs> um, which I was not drunk for. You just, you just have no love for either of us. Jesus. Can no, I just I, hold on behind the scenes? Not only did you see him, but there's a moment that I, I specifically remember. I was like, where's Macri? Where's Oz? I yeah, found we you guys on the deck, alone yeah. talking to each other. So you had like a book. It was really nice. I'm not it saying was, it wasn't nice. I'm saying I know you've seen and heard his voice because there's a moment where the only thing you saw was his face yes. and heard his voice. It's good to see you, Oz for the first time since whenever the hell I last saw you, which I guess was in early July. Um, and so we're going to, we're, we're doing a thing 
on this episode. We're doing a bit of we're doing a draft, our final draft that we're going to do until the season starts. We've done a lot of drafts this summer. This draft's going to be a little uh, different. A final draft. That's quite a catchy title. Hmm. Um, has a nice ring to it. And we are doing this draft, which I'll, I think I'm going to let Andrew explain this draft. We're doing it in um, celebration of a new chapter in our lives, uh, specifically in the lives of Andrew and Bernard. I don't know if anybody knows this. Andrew and Bernard used to have a podcast together. It was called Final Review. It was something that I genuinely look forward to every week. Um, but unfortunately, I think it became something that maybe the two of them didn't look forward to as much as they would have liked to because it took them 18 hours to research every episode. Um, is that fair to say? Probably a little more for Andrew. Probably about that for me. It depended what series or movie we were watching. I watched like yeah. when we did Halloween, I watched so fucking many of those movies, like the mm-hmm. dog shit one with Paul Rudd. It was it was really and and Andrew Andrew cheated occasionally and was like I watched that movie in clips on YouTube and my OCD was like no it's it's three thirty in the morning and I'm starting I I'm starting another fucking dread like there are some movies by some directors that I'd never seen before and there was a reason I'd skip them but to have a credible list I needed to fill those gaps and I whew, I I was suffering and for anybody who may. Uh, be unfamiliar, the podcast we're talking about is Final Review, in which uh, every week, I can't believe you guys actually did this, and you did it for a whole season. Um, 25 episodes, yep. Yeah, 25 episodes in which you made, you each made 10 lists uh, that went five deep of, in which you ranked movies in different categories and uh, like Bernard was kind of referencing Andrew a lot. You, your filmography is not quite as extensive as as Bernard's, so you would spend much of your week watching movies and or clips of movies. Um, but the but the product was great, and I know I've missed it for my life since it since it went away. So I guess before we get to our Knicks related, see, I'm tying in the Knicks here. Our Knicks related draft today, uh, Andrew. Why don't you take it away and, and tell the folks at home what we're what we're talking about here? Well, so. I want to just state for the record that while yes, the final review was extensive and um, at times could have a lot of wear and tear on me as well as Oz. Cause while I don't have the filmography that he does, I did appreciate the back and forth that we would have. I do think we just have a good chemistry when we talk about movies, um, him being the, historian that I just go to for a lot of my movie opinions and and his perspective on things and me as more of the casual movie fan that sees a lot but does not see that many uh, you add in the editing time and it goes much longer than 18 hours so it ended up being especially every week a bit of a chore uh, and we did more bonus episodes than real episodes that's the other part is like oh yeah I love the bonus came, episodes so a movie came out today and we want to yeah. see it and we want to talk about it and that added on to it and then you know, all the work we do at Nick's Film School added on to, you know, people in my life that I want to see. So uh, we took a step back and decided that to pick up where we left off would not be feasible. Um, I'm specifically speaking to the final review audience that there's a crossover 
uh, at Nick's Film School because there's a lot of people that, that reached out to us like bring back final. There's a super chat last year. Bring back final review. Um, and I was like, you got to understand, I'm in the midst of a playoff <laughs> race with John. Like John was exhausted. I was exhausted. We were all ready for the next season to end. I got a wedding I'm planning at the moment. So to bring back final review to then add that to it uh, didn't work out. But Oz and I actually reconnected um, over the summer. And we, we said, We didn't ever like, lose connection. We well, exchanged hundreds of texts a day. You're making it sound like a breakup. We reconnected Jesus. in the sense You're the that only people it was like, people know that. It was like, let's talk no, about No, occasionally you text something again. to us that's meant for your wife, but yes. it's never as like fun or titillating as, as one would hope. Mm-hmm. I don't text. I, I'm not a fun or titillating guy. Anyway, Andrew, you were saying, so you're, so you're bringing something back. We're, we are reactivating the feed yes. and rebranding. Uh, and it's yep. no longer called Final Review. It's called Final Draft. We are taking the movie draft concept, which is made popular by a lot of different movie podcasts. So our favorite one, the big picture does the draft concept. There's the all fantasy, everything podcast. Our entire summer of Nick's film school content was like, what are we drafting? Let's pick yeah. a thing and draft it. Just fun. I, I think it's an outstanding concept that we're going to utilize on this episode in just a minute. But the way that we're going to talk about movies going forward is in the concept of drafts. So to give you a little behind the scenes, there's going to be three different types. The first type is going to be called a Mount Rushmore. That's when we have three people on, which is what we're going to be doing today. Plain and simple. We're each going to draft four movies, snake order. So it's one, two, three, three, two, one. The next type is going to be called um, fantasy football, which is where mm. you draft. We will have a guest on and we're each going to draft six or seven players or seven movies that are half going to have to fill specific designations so you know this director or this movie year or this you know this genre you're actually going to have to fill in specific roster spots and then there's what's going to happen a lot on our show which is how we did our first episode which airs on monday hey Um, um it's gonna uh pick up hoops is the the third kind where we're both just back and forth uh, drafting five movies uh, in a particular genre for episode one. We did best comeback movies because this is the comeback of uh, us talking about movies together. And like, yes, like you're going to judge and you're going to vote on who wins the draft each week. I'm just personally excited to talk about the movies that I see and the movies that I love with this guy again, because um, I learned something new and there's even like a portion of episode one where I just kind of, turned back into an interview and I just fed him a bunch of questions about the MCU and the state of it and be like, Hey, what's your perspective on this? What's your thoughts on this? Cause I wanted to know. And so I, I think you all, if you have an interest in movies will enjoy this too. And uh, we're here to kind of introduce that concept of what the show is going to look like in just a second. So that that's our big announcement. Final review is now final draft and we're excited to have all of you join us in, on this new venture. Um, and this I do particular have to- venture is going to be very Nick centric, just yes, so we well, don't bury that too much here. Yes. No. We're, so we're so this episode we're drafting. Um, well, we should probably be a little clearer clearer about the originally Andrew pitched this as Nick's movie moments, mo- movie moments in which a Nick was featured, in which the Knicks were mentioned, in which the Knicks had something to do with. And I feel like over the course of our discussion um, about this, it expanded a bit. To include television moments, which I'm mm-hmm. very happy about because um, 
uh, well, we'll find out. I, I know what you're drafting in the first round, Macri. I'm, I, I'm not sure you do, but okay. Um, and I guess, also, I guess Twitter's going to decide who wins, so maybe you're not going to take that in the first round. Yeah, I don't uh, know. We we draft from our hearts here. At we, we do. Uh, listen, yeah. I'm I'm not going for the win here. This is this is all about going from the heart. Um, but also movies that featured Madison Square Garden uh, as a as a sporting venue um, or television shows theoretically would feature feature Madison Square Garden as a sporting venue. Um, I don't know how creative we're going to get with with the with the ties here but we'll we'll figure that out along the way uh drafting four uh pieces of filmography each and uh yeah i i think that's it did i forget anything andrew i think this is gonna have a similar spirit to the anything knicks draft uh you know it when you see it and as far as knicks related pop uh, movie or TV content. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see the direction that this goes. Cause I'm wondering if there's going to be stuff I've never seen that you guys are going to go turn to. So um, eyes, this is your first draft with us, not your first draft with me. Um, and the way that we decide the draft order, I have a very complicated and high tech system called high card draw. So we do a quick shuffle. Okay. He never shuffles on camera. You notice that? I, I do notice that. I can't, Trust me. I've accused I need of a, chicanery a, a, many a, a time. table to shuffle. How's this? I will cut on camera. Okay. And then eyes, your card as our guest is a four. Fuck you. See? That's good. <laughs> All right. John, your card is a a ten. You know what? Andrew Claudio is an outstanding citizen. <laughs> never, never Let's see if anybody. you still say that after I reveal that my card is a four. Ooh, Oz and I have a high card off. So, oh, man. Oz, your card is a Jack. Hey, I'll take it. And then my card is a, mm. a Joker. Okay, that doesn't count. So my card is a 10. All right. So Oz, you're the two pick. I'm the third pick. John, you're the first pick. This is the Knicks movie TV thing draft. And I'm excited to see the direction that this goes. Um, mm, so I, I honestly had not given this a, a ton of thought in terms of like, if I got the first pick or if I got the second pick or anything of that nature. Um, that said, um, I have been a Nick fan for uh, obviously most of my life, and uh, what I guess thirty years as a Nick fan. Um, half of that time, um, I had the well, actually no, not half of that time. For he was in the in Nick's uniform for fifteen years, but I didn't start becoming a fan until about midway through that time. Whatever. The most significant figure of my life as a Knicks fan, hands down, um, is the guy whose autographed picture I'm looking at uh, on my wall right now, and that's Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing, maybe he was in another movie besides this one that I'm about to draft, but the one that I feel uh, he's certainly best known for. Um, it, well, actually, that might not be true. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I mean, the one that he is best known for as a basketball player um, is Space Jam, mm. and that is what I am going to take with the first overall pick. Uh, Andrew with Ewing, a grimace. I, I knew Andrew wanted it, uh, which is part of why I'm taking it. Um, but like, look, when you think of 
it, it features a Knicks, so it qualifies for this draft. But when you think about basketball movies over the course of our respective lifetimes, let's call it the last 30 years-ish. Um, I like that rounding. It, I'm going to use the same it, thing. <laughs> since we've been like cognizant of stuff, uh, it's if it's not the first one that comes to mind, it's one of the first two or three, and it's the only one that has any connection to the Knicks. So I will take, um, even though the Monstar stole his powers and he was... Um, you know, as about as about as useful as he was in the '94 Finals against Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, I will take Space Jam featuring uh, Patrick. Jesus, shots fired! I <laughs> <laughs> just took out your boy Patrick. <laughs> he was was not very good in this that final. Let's just call. Oh it man, um, this I don't know if this would have been my first pick. This is very high on my list of Nick's movie moments when. Um, the monsters initially take the powers of yep. the the guys, both Barkley and Patrick Ewing, yep. um, and it happens at the Garden. The, that that's going to feature a lot in how I process this draft. I don't know about you, Oz, but moments on the Garden floor where the Knicks are playing are are good. It's just a I, reminder. I, I, I have a guess on your first pick. From well, that, we'll but. see. We'll see which direction that this goes. So, Oz, you have the second pick. You're up. Well, I'm delighted because I was worried when Macri started teeing it up by talking about being old that he was going to go for the choice I'm going to make, which I think is is for someone who grew up in the 80s and 90s, probably the most iconic Knicks thing in pop culture. And my pick is Spike Lee's film, She's Gotta Have It. Um, and the reason my pick is She's Gotta Have It is because that is the genesis of the character Mars Blackman. And you best know Mars Blackman from all of those great Spike Lee, Michael Jordan, is it the shoes commercials? And look, this is without question the single best film that is going to be picked today. It's the only film that's in the National Film Registry as selected by the Library of Congress. It's actually good. It's Spike's first movie. They even he remade it as a TV show with uh, Anthony Ramos from transformers right as the as the same character which is uh, not not as good a version but even more nick centric because he just wears nick shit all the time unlike the spike lee version who wears a lot of a lot of jordan stuff but this is uh, this is for someone who grew up in that era and who always knew spike even as a, as a little kid before i was watching spike lee movies i knew spike for his signs at the garden and it's as iconic for a knicks fan who's 38 years old as anything, the Mars Blackman character, she's got to have it. My first pick. R- Roland Emmerich is very upset right now. Suggesting <laughs> you said that uh, to have it is the best film that's going to be drafted in this. How you dare you? It's uh, um, a great pick. It's fantastic. It, I co-signed the the spike. The, the Is this a Criterion movie too? I don't think it is. It should be. Okay. I don't think it is. I was going to say, the Spike Lee of it all, this is probably the best director that's going to get drafted today. It's Spike. Um, it's Ernst Dickerson. It's it's like a rogues gallery of people who are really good at making fucking movies. Yeah. This is his second film or first? First. It's his first. This was his first. Uh, this came before Mo Better Blues? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. it did. Oh, yeah. It's in black and white. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, it's like 80 minutes long. It's really worth yeah. tracking down. It's a good movie. It was on Netflix during the pandemic, and I think it might I, still be because I think they bought the rights because of the TV show. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Good call. This is the the industry knowledge you'll get from Mr. Bernardo Zraski on Final Draft. Um, so I have two picks, and my first pick 
is not the movie I would take first, second, or even third in any draft. But Oz, I'm going to take you a little on a trip down memory lane when it comes to my history drafting things on this podcast. So three years ago, when we were coming up with off-season content, we did... You did one of those drafts, actually. We did an all-decade draft where you had to... Ooh, I'm gonna- Am I, I'm going to take a body blow here, aren't I? Oh, no, you're not. You're actually, that's actually when we did the 90s draft with with Yash. That was actually really fun. Yeah. And that, like, that was a good draft. For the, 80, for, for the 2000s draft um, with Jeremy, uh, one pick before me, he took Carmelo Anthony. Then last summer, when we were doing pick drafts, um, we did the third pick where basically the pool of players we were selecting to our teams were players taken with the third pick one pick before me, Jeremy took Carmelo Anthony. Then this off season, we did a draft of the best Knicks wins of the 21st century. I had the third pick again. And the first pick was John taking Carmelo Anthony's 62 point game. And then the second pick was Jeremy taking Mellows on Easter Sunday. So I didn't get Carmelo Anthony in any of those drafts. Wait, let me guess. Are you about to take Ralph Simpson? No. Uh, <laughs> so that's funny. First of all, if you know, you know. But with my first pick, I am taking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. Lou Amundsen. <laughs> specifically the scene, not even the garden scene, where Mellow meets Vern at the party and he introduces him to his girlfriend and you actually get actor and line reader Carmelo Anthony in a movie. Hey, Vern. Yeah. Big fan. Oh big my, fan. Oh, my gosh. Carmelo Anthony right back at you. Hey, nice key to the city. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, they give this things out. Hey, Melo, uh, do you mind if I call you Melo? Not at all. Listen, I'm really glad that you stopped me because guys like you and me were kind of the same. Right. You know, we bring a lot of joy and hope into people's lives. We got that kind of star power. And while it's a gift, this bond there that we have. Are. Hey. Mel, I'd like to introduce you to my girlfriend, Alessandra. Girlfriend? We just met a week ago. Nice to meet you. Now we're all over each other. Stop it. I have finally <laughs> drafted for... Carmelo Anthony in I, one of these drafts. <laughs> I, I felt a little conflicted. I saw this this film, film, film. Uh, this film. piece of footage in the theater. It's a focus, uh, yes. Me too. I, <laughs> I felt a little conflicted about it this time around because I also saw the more recent turtles movie uh with my kids and it was the, the recent ones far i in my two cents far superior but, but it is. I, mellow's not in it so that the, this is a solely a carmelo anthony pick I, I finally drafted carmelo anthony in one of the Knicks film school drafts you got him congratulations i can't believe you're leaving out the part where the turtles are like in the rafters of the garden in the weird like creepy cgi shit they've done watching yeah. like lou admonson Lou Amundsen, yeah. I would say, like, dive after loose balls. Yep. That's great. You know what isn't in that scene? Carmelo Anthony. So I'm going to might actually be Carme- there. Just like he might be. What I remember side. is Mello playing Mello, talking to Will Arnett, and it seeming convincing that he's not acting on screen. Anyway, that's my first pick. Um, my second pick is going to be so I have two choices at the moment. Um, one one is a moment that it's funny it seems like since this moment the Knicks have actually turned their franchise around so it's almost like that particular character is no longer doing the thing that was causing all the bad things but um, I'm going to leave sure. that Pixar film out there 
and go to 1998 and go to Roland Emmerich's, Roland Emmerich's Godzilla, um, where the beast, the big lizard that's attacking New York City, happens to lay eggs in Madison Square Garden. And an entire uh, lower bowl of eggs are suddenly hatching to create... Uh, the next species. Uh, and apparently, if you believe the science in that movie, every single one of these uh, lizards slash dinosaurs, when they're born, they're pregnant. So they all have nests that they're eventually going to lay and and repopulate. And this would create, uh, re- replace all of us. And what they do is blow up Madison Square Garden. Spoiler alert, by the end of that movie, because it's the only way to um, protect the human race from becoming overrun by these animals. So for the entire Madison Square Garden scene in Godzilla, I will take that. Shout out Hank Azaria. Bernard, did you see this in the theater? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, I, yes, I, I so I don't know if I ever talked about this on, on I, I can't imagine why I would have talked about this on the pod. Um my first fan fanboy obsession before Wolverine, uh before like any obviously before the Knicks, before like like all the nerdy crap that I love. My very like before dinosaurs even, my very first thing that I loved was Godzilla. As really? is the case, I'm sure, with kids all over the world because it's freaking Godzilla. And that never wavered. I would like be the kid, I'm, I'm, maybe you guys will like this too, who would go to the video store and like rent all of the Japanese movies, like repeatedly oh. rent all of the Japanese movies um, with dubbing and the whole thing. And I've ne- to this day, I've never been more excited about any f- movie to come out than this movie. And boy, it did not live up to okay <laughs> <laughs> what I was hoping for. It was the most the most disappointing I've ever been seeing a movie in my life. It- so for final review, we did Independence Day. And I remember it was a good episode. And I I talked with going coming up with a top five for Roland Emmerich was not the easiest. And I I said during that pod, Godzilla's fun. Like it it's innocent trash. Like it, it didn't ruin anything. I don't care about anybody else's filmography because while he did Godzilla, I can't look at them the same way now. You know, there's nothing egregious that although the CGI when you rewatch it today with HD and and 4K is tough. I still have fun with it. You know? If you approach if you approach it with that mentality, yeah. Like I I sat down and watched it. Okay. I was but I was like I wanted a Godzilla movie. Not a friggin' comedy shit. It was just not it's not what I wanted. Anyway. Um, Oz, any thoughts on Godzilla? 1998? I, 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 I want to be, be nice to potential future brand partners in my new career, so I'm just not gonna I'm just not gonna say anything about the Godzilla movie. Okay. I'll share my new career at the end. No, that is a, an incredibly bad movie. I just holy holy shit, it's so bad. It's aged so poorly. Like, Claudia, what the hell, man? I just how could you rewatch that? How could you get through it? You're tougher. You're tougher than I ever imagined. I can't, <laughs> it's fun. I, I respect you. I really. I it, wow. If you if you if you listed out a hundred possible casting choices in 1998 for the lead of a Godzilla movie, I'm not sure Matthew Broderick would. And I yeah. love Matthew. I mean, Matthew. You know, Ferris Bueller is one of my favorite movies. I'm not sure Matthew Broderick would make that list. They were going for the post Goldblum thing. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's what they were doing. 
Um, anyway, Bernard, please send us back. Great Turtles movie and a Godzilla movie. Andrew, you're you're off to a flying start. I, I think uh, I'm taking the second best movie on the board right now. And it no no, it's not the Pixar movie. Oh. Uh, it is a it is a fantastic comedy that uh, in part I love because when I was in law school, I was um, one of the lucky first people to experience John's basketball fandom and his earliest days as a basketball writer. And Wait. once upon a time, John had a very hot take on a certain player named Danilo Gallinari's oh. trade value. And it was, let's, I'll be nice to just say that it was very high. It was perhaps a little no, bit you can say what it was. I said there were, I said there were only one or two players. Two players. Yeah, it was the third teams. most valuable asset in the NBA. Uh, Danilo Gallinari. And there's a, a, a lovely film that features uh, Mark Wahlberg in a Danilo Gallinari jersey sitting courtside at a Knicks game next to Will Ferrell. And for some reason, Brooke Shields uh, called the other guys. And the other guys is actually incredibly funny it's aged really well even the scene it's like a whole bribe like steve coogan that guy's great is like bribing them with nicks tickets they're cops it's so good it's so funny it's actually like it, it's a good way Ed will ferrell's on the on the giant screen at madison square garden it's perfect it, it is everything that claudio you said should define a great nicks film scenes on the court I love that movie. Don't get me wrong. I love that movie. Um, that scene is. 40, I, I have, no, I have nothing seconds, against it. It's like that's seconds. the thing. It's like such a small. Qu- Again, you're you're hitting at it. Steve Coogan is bribing Will Ferrell and Wahlberg's characters because and, what do the heroes value more than anything else? Mm-hmm. Those forty five seconds at Madison Square Garden. Right. I think the scene that might it might actually be shorter. That it's Will Ferrell on camera saying, "I got Nick's fever," and then it's Gallo on the court, and then it's Wahlberg turning to Ferrell and being like, oh, "I think we just got bribed and we fell for it." And then they go back to the office, like, "Don't do that to us again." And then he gets them Jersey Boys tickets, and then next thing you see is a jump cut to them watching Jersey Boys on Broadway. There's also the bit that. Farrell's character is irresistible to women. So Brooke Shields goes, call me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. They shoot Derek Jeter. I, of course, I love that about, movie. We've talked about this movie. We talked about it a long time ago. And yeah. I let you know that. And I'll remind you that this movie's just not my brand of humor. Because you hate fun. That's it. You're a bad person, John. Also that. <laughs> Any of you both. I, uh, I'm glad I got taken. I love that movie. <clears throat> okay. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm a, um, I mean, I, it, it, well, I'll stick with the theme. Uh, is this the best movie? <laughs> no, it is not. Uh, but it is definitely the most Nick's movie that will be drafted today. Are we doing uh, it? I'm going to take, I'm going to take no. Eddie. Uh, uh, Eddie gets taken. John, of course Eddie gets taken. It's, I, I was hoping the- it wouldn't. Please explain the concept, or the the plot of Eddie the movie. So Eddie, which is a movie that is now, my lord, almost thirty years old. Um, so Whoopi Goldberg, who was at that, who I mean, transformed really kind of overnight into a into a I don't know, if she was an A list star, but she was a I don't know, Bernard A minus list star, B plus list star, a pretty big star once upon a time. It's a little As weird. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, coming off of winning best supporting actress for for Ghost, which is. Which great I movie, that movie. By the way. What? Great movie. Yeah. I love great. Yeah, Ghost is fantastic. Um it, you know, got uh she was, you know, thrust into the the Hollywood spin cycle and made a lot of movies and uh including I I'm not sure how many movies she was a lead in, but she was leading this movie in which she played a uh taxi t- cab uh, dispatcher uh who was a big Nick fan and uh through the the Knicks, I think either got a new owner or the owner was like fed up with the team sucking and was like, we need to try something different. And they basically picked her in some kind of contest to become uh, like coach emeritus for, for a night and eventually hijinks ensued and uh, she became the full-time coach of the team. Uh, I sat down and watched maybe half of this movie a few years ago. Cause someone asked me to go on a podcast and talk about it. And I had actually never seen it. This movie's horrible. <laughs> it is, there's there's nothing funny about it, um, but it is about the Knicks and like there are basketball players in it, including by the way Mark Jackson, who you can see on your television sets this upcoming season, filling in apparently for Walt Clyde Frazier when he's not doing uh, commentary alongside Mike Breen. That should be a fun experience. Anyway. Uh, I, j- I don't know. I just feel like it needs to be taken uh, because, again, it is the most Knicks movie that has probably ever been made. Am I? Is that not correct? Oz? Mm, I mean, I guess so. It's hard to... Well, there's a very, very poor movie that came out earlier this year that might actually be more Knicksier. 
So I'll argue this over the movie you're mentioning because I don't think. Well, I think we. I don't All think right, we're not taking Sweetwater. Please, nobody. I was gonna say Sweetwater. it's you know, like a weirdly racist movie about the first black. I didn't see it. Oh, it's yeah. really bad. It's well, great. the first black, the first uh, black player to sign an, an NBA contract NBA of any right. of any kind. Not to, not the first um, to appear in a game uh, because I, I think someone played for the Celtics that year. Yeah, appeared in a game earlier. Anyway. So my defense of this being more that that's an autobiography or that's a by bi, that's a biopic, you know, that's not necessarily a movie about the Knicks. That's about uh, it's a movie about suffering. Right. Used to yes. watch it. So like you could literally swap out. I know like the true story is that it, it's uh, it's Knicks related, but you could swap out the team and it wouldn't change the story necessarily. Whereas they chose to write a script about yes, moving that's the thing. The New York taking a Knicks fan like this movie is about Knicks Twitter, like a Knicks fan <laughs> that knows more or believes they know more about the team than Tom than Thibodeau. Coach How dare you? better than the current head yeah, coach. It's, it's and not then like- leads them to the playoffs. That's John Sally who plays the backup center that whose knees don't work anymore. He's good. Right? He's, good. He's basically oh, yeah. Taj, but in this case, Taj would get benched for Jericho Sims. I just no, thank you. Uh, the late great Malik Seeley, who goes by Stacy Patton in the movie, um, that the 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 roster they assemble in Eddie is is pretty nuts. Is all I'm saying. Like Mark Jackson, Rick Fox, Greg Ostertag is on the Knicks there. Um, anyway, enough about Eddie. I have not seen this this next movie that I'm about to pick uh, in a few years. I remember seeing it in the theater. I remember seeing it because I was so hyped for this movie because it was like right when I started following the NBA and it was a movie featuring a lot of NBA players. I didn't know it was actually a romantic comedy featuring Billy Crystal in Mm -hmm. a role that was slightly preposterous, but I went and saw the movie and it was, I found it hysterical as a 12 year old uh, boy at the time. And that is Forget Paris. And Forget Paris features many scenes on NBA courts. The most memorable of which is uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar getting uh, in Billy Crystal. He plays an NBA ref. He tosses Kareem from his like farewell game. Hey, has got me in a headlock out there. What are you waiting for? Blood? Technical foul. Who's Yeah, it features Ewing Starks and Oakley uh, in a scene. It's I'll I'll do the Godzilla thing that Andrew did. I think this is a fun movie. I, I it's it's not good either, but it, it I think if you sat down, you will find that it is kind of almost worth your hour and forty five minutes or whatever the runtime is. Um, and and fun performance by the oh god, who's the actress Bernard? Do you remember? Uh, I've actually never seen this movie. Oh my god! Oh wow, you, that's a bad, that's a blind spot. Yeah, it, this is worth your. It, it's a Billy Crystal. I'm not sure the last time I've I've admitted that on a podcast. I, I'm I'm 
I'm not sure it's ever happened before. I think it's Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger. Uh, I, I yeah. think it's. I was gonna say it's it Deborah. Deborah. I, th I thought it was Deborah Messing, but it's probably Deborah Winger because the dates don't really line up for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's Deborah Winger. I mean, not that Bill, Billy Crystal has that incredible filmography. It might be like a in Billy Crystal's like top five list in terms of movies. Directing. I don't know. It's what um, Anal analyze this and when Harry met Sally. Yeah, after that, what do you City got? Slickers. Okay. So, so, I will I will say this. If you're if you're an NBA fan, I think this is arguably as enjoyable as City Slickers. That's all I'll say. Throw Mama from the train. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh so yeah, forget Paris. That's my pick. Forget Paris, ladies and gentlemen. Oz, you're up. Oh man, I'm really torn on if I want to do something mean to Andrew right now or if I want to make the pick I actually want to make. So uh, I'm gonna is. make it. I'm going to make the pick I actually want to make instead okay. of being being a dick and going after Andrew's favorite actor. Um, so I'm going to go with Soul, which is the third best movie that's being picked in this draft today. And I, I'm not even trying to do it based on on quality, but Soul has perhaps the cruelest, coldest, most soul-crushing joke that encapsulates what it's like to be a Knicks fan. Uh, if you've not seen this film, it's about how people find their essence, the thing they're meant to do in the world. And one of the things the sort of trollish soul does is fuck with other souls as they're trying to find their destinies, like sending someone to be a singer who can't sing at all. And what this soul acknowledges having done for over a decade at that point is uh, sending people destinies, causing the destiny of people to play for the Knicks who are not capable of playing basketball. Check this out. I have been messing with this team for decades. And the Knicks lose another one. Again, as someone who is old and remembers when the Knicks were good every year, and then remembers very clearly the Isaiah era, this is uh, this is something that, that you, you feel. And this is written by Kemp Powers, a big, big Knicks fan, who this joke written by him as well, who went on to, to work on the Spider-Verse movies. So... Got a lot of talent behind this movie. Academy Award winner, Kemp Powers. Academy Award winner, Kemp Powers. For this movie, yes. I, I enjoyed this film. Uh, I do not think I will ever revisit it, but it was good. It was very good. I feel like it's exciting because it, it, upset, it was upsetting and now it's exciting because it's all about like waking up in the middle of your life and being like, boy, my life kind of sucks and let's try to make the best of it. Only he just like is like, oh yeah, I'm going to make the best of it instead of just you know quitting your career and starting something new and finding something much happier. It, it it does represent. Is this the turning point for Pixar, where Pixar started to go towards like we're we're, we're no longer making movies that to, to entertain children that just so have that, that like will be enjoyable for adults too. It feel maybe this was the culmination of the turning point. I don't know. I think it was the culmination of the turning point. This was definitely a like we don't give a fuck at all. Uh, we're going to put a cute cat in there uh, and have some yeah. cat jokes, uh, and that's about it. And otherwise, it's all about like midlife crisis and like creeping on we so uh great yeah. movie i think the point it's, you made when we initially talked about this oz was that it used to be subtle when like pixar is actually talking to the adults in the room in the theater yeah. that this is a song this this is a scene uh that has jesse singing a song about her uh, owner growing up and leaving her behind and to the kid that's like oh the toy uh, got left behind and for the adults in the room it's like oh my gosh I grew up and forgot all about what it was like to be a kid and the things I cared about as a child when it was so much easier and less stressful and 
soul just like skips all of that and is just like are you happy with where your life is now i think the coolest part about soul is that it premiered or came out or back at that point was made available on disney plus for all of us a couple weeks before the we here season started so oh yeah the season that really turned the Knicks' fortunes around it seems um it's a good call happened after that ghost did that so or that um, that that spirit did that. Pretty sure that just means that Kemp is the master of the reverse jinx. So good job by him. Shout out Kemp Powers. Great job. You're invited on the pod. I was about to say anytime. <laughs> Come on the podcast. Yes. Uh all right, Andrew, you got your last two picks. I got two picks, and I don't get to choose Eddie. My first pick is Hitch. Um hey. uh, Oz mentioned it. My favorite actor, Will Smith. I appreciate you, Oz, for keeping my favorite actor's name out your you know what, mouth. Um, oh, we can't say fuck on this anymore. We can, but I feel like we've hit our fuck meter. So I'm just so your fuckometer. My fuckometer, exactly. So, okay. um, regardless, uh, in the movie Hitch, Will Smith plays a date doctor that helps uh, men that don't have uh, the the game is is a way that people call it the charisma, the ability to talk to women without uh, being too nervous. And he helps them um, uh, find their, their perfect matches. And he specifically helps out uh, the guys like Kevin James in this movie that are uh, meeting well and are actually in looking for a life partner, looking for uh, a member of the opposite success for the right for the right reasons, um, not just looking for one night stands. And in this movie, there is a scene where um, Kevin James takes his date throughout the movie to a Knicks game and sits courtside because she's like super famous. And Will Smith worked his magic, and it worked. Uh, and there are scenes of them sitting courtside at the game where he's teaching her how to whistle with her with his fingers. Um, and they share a hot dog at one point and everyone thinks it's cute, but has no idea why he's with her. Uh, and I love this movie because um, it's just awesome. And I'm a huge Will Smith fan. So that's my first pick. Who, who is the famous person person he's trying to get with again? Allegra Cole. It's like a made up person, but no, but who, who, who plays that person? Who plays that person. I got to look it up, but I'm not sure. Cause I, that's what I'm trying to. She's oh, quite, Amber Valletta. She's quite pretty. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like, I remember what a huge deal this movie was when it came out in the mid 2000, like 2006. And like, this is one of those weird time capsule ones where it's like, you look back like Will Smith, Kevin James, and Eva Mendez were at the center of popular culture. Once upon a time in our, in our world. Um, there's a scene where he teaches Will. Well, Will's trying to teach oh, him how to dance. I remember. And That's what it's all about, right there. Okay. Oh, see how it gets bigger. Okay. Now I'm gonna start the fire. But the feet are going. I start the fire. I make the pizza. Hips are always going. The Throw it away. That's not working. Hit it with it. Don't ever do that again. I would not have said this at the time, but now reflecting back 17 years later, 
um, this feels like a movie that AI could have generated from the script to the cast to the it's th- this was this was like as I was watching this, I remember like this was just like they spit out a formula and like you know populated it with like oh yeah here let's do this and it not my not my cup of tea. I'll so Oz, correct me if I'm wrong, but when the Sony leaks happened, there was stuff in there about uh, either a biography or some sort about Will Smith and the formula that he followed for his career. That it was like yeah. I got to be. Uh, in superhero movies, I got to be in space movies, I got to be in rom-coms. And this was, you want to talk about AI, this was literally him following an algorithm. And in this movie, just playing like a very formulaic, romantic lead, um, $371 million at the box office later, the formula worked. Uh, that's exactly right. I don't, I don't know if it was the Sony leaks or maybe his own like autobiography. I'm sure Yash can tell us, but uh, I, I think the, um, no, he had like a whole thing, like a whole game plan he came up with when he was like in his twenties of like each thing he needed to do to be a star. And he studied like stars from the seventies and eighties, like Tom Cruise and like what you need to do to be the biggest money-making star. It's all yeah. a little, uh, it's very artistically motivated. Let's put it that way. In fairness, worked for worked more than a well. decade. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, good job by him. Uh, you have another pick. So you've, let's see, you've gotten Carmelo Anthony, a big lizard and Will Smith. I yes. can't wait to see how you're going to finish off this draft. I'm not even putting Hitch as the name on the Google doc. I'm just putting Will Smith. That's so probably for the best. For my last pick, there's not, there's nothing pulling me. There's nothing that's standing out as like, you need to get this, Andrew, because if you don't get it, you'll be upset. So what I'm going to take is a movie that um, was directed by two Knicks fans. And uh, the Knicks reference is kind of subtle. The behind Oh, the that's scenes, such a stray. The, the, the Knicks uh, tie is really more behind the scenes because the Safety brothers are both giant Knicks fans. They initially were going to put Amari Stoudemire in Uncut Gems and base the movie, the movie's big bet at the end, the big parlay at the end, around the game that Amari hit the buzzer beater against the Celtics that was then waved off because he got it off too late. Um, the Knicks reference that I'm going to is because they got Kevin Garnett to be the athlete in the movie that uh, is dealing with Adam Sandler's character uh, with Howard in the movie. And at one point when he meets Kevin Garnett, him being a Knicks fan, Sandler's character says uh, Amari's buzzer beater in 2010 should have counted. And throughout the entire press tour, the Safdie brothers said, like, we believe that that should have counted. Even he would, they, they went on the ringer and talked to Jason Concepcion at the time. And they were like, that should have counted. And then they rewatched the play and saw it clearly was in his hands. And they're like, no, it's not, it's not synced up. It was in, it was, it it was out. And so there's like a photographic evidence of it being in his hands. They they are holding on to this lie. So I appreciate it as a fan. And um, for diehard Knicks fan, Howie in this movie, uh, as well as the Safety brothers, I'll take uncut gems with my last pick. Let me undercut my list for a moment here and say that I actually think this is the finest film that's been selected. Today. Hey. It's, my, it's my favorite movie that's been selected. I don't even think it's close. I, I didn't. I, I think it's too much of a stray to count. And I actually would be interested in seeing the movie they were going to make with Amari, which is going to be a lot more about like his conversion to Judaism and how that ties into really the yeah. Sandler characters. Way I more. No idea. It. 
And the other runner-up was future New York Nick Joel Embiid. So there we mm-hmm. go. That's right. Shout out, by the way, to uh, speaking of Adam Sandler for one of the most delightful two hours I've had watching a film this year. His uh, with his the movie they made with his daughter or daughters, I should say. Right? Oh, it is good. Yeah, yeah I'm really, totally yeah. not totally not invited but, to the bar mit- bar mitzvah or whatever it's called. Mitzvah, it's, yeah. it's good. It's really funny. Yeah, strong recommend there. Anyway, uh, okay, uh, Bernard, you're up for your last pick here. So I am going to jump to the realm of television with my last pick, and I'm not going to. Someone was going to. I'm not going to. I'm actually not going to shank Macri. I'm going to go in a different direction here. Um, and there's a. I, I like these characters who are identifiable entirely by their Nick's fandom, and I think over the course of the last 15 years, the single character best and most identified by his Nick's fandom is Turtle on. Mm entourage and one one part in particular sticks out which is when he's going to you know late season entourage uh, less good but whatever uh it, it, he, he's putting together a restaurant and calling famous friends in new york for advice and one of those friends amari stoudemire what am i what you think cash grown trees your trees maybe i gotta think if i want to put the original 250 in with you turtle I'm telling you, Amari, you don't want to miss out on this. I got everybody. I got Mello. I got Eli. I got Strahan. Oh, you got Strahan, huh? Who got me for what? I spoke to him today. Hey, Turtle's on this Don Pepe thing. Oh, yeah. He called for more money? Oh, yeah. What you tell him? Tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. Amari, listen. Hey, go fuck yourself, Turtle. So my my simple last pick, and largely for the overarching fandom, because he's always wearing a backwards Knicks hat or a Ewing jersey or something like that, is Cherry Ferrara for Entourage. Uh, yeah, I actually I feel really good about my list. This is great. By the way, um, yeah, Jerry Ferrara, you're also invited on the Knicks Film School podcast anytime again. Jerry <laughs> uh, would probably come on, right? Listen, I'm not in the Josh Hart Foundation, so oh, I'm not able to make that connection. I've been going through, I've been <laughs> going through uh, agents and whatnot and assistants, but so yeah, you're invited anytime, Jerry. So I was going to uh, stick with a movie if Bernard took a movie because I figured everybody else took a movie, so I'll finish it off with a movie. But since Bernard went television, um, I'm going to take um uh, an episode of a television show yes is the most i don't even know if you i'm not sure you know what i'm gonna pick you're not picking I, sex in the city I, you you t- took my honorable mention oh right. I, I just i thought you were gonna take sex in the city like the first round okay so i'm taking seinfeld the limo That's um, also a fair choice seinfeld is my favorite my favorite show um ever and uh season three there was an episode <laughs> i can't even I can't even talk about the episode without laughing um t- t- basically george uh, george costanza and jerry seinfeld uh pretend uh, to they take on somebody's name in an airport to get a free uh limo ride uh only to find out in the midst of the limo ride that they are impersonating nazis uh, who are going to, and George is the Nazi that's going to, uh, the plan is for him to make a speech at Madison Square Garden on that night. And while they're in the limo, they, uh, they find out that, that, or that it's during a Knicks Bulls game. And then there's this, another scene, not in the limo, featuring Kramer and Elaine, 
in which uh, Kramer talks about how Michael Jordan's coming and he does like a, a spin into some trash bags. It's hysterical. It's uh, it's a great episode of the show. All the episodes of the show are great. Um, so that's what I'm taking because it is, again, my favorite show ever. In my top three shows ever, I will give my one honorable mention is Sex in the City um, season two, episode 13 games people play now this is more commonly uh, remembered as the episode featuring John Bon Jovi who uh, shares a therapist in the episode with um, Sarah Jessica Parker uh, and that is a whole plot line but another part of that episode uh, features the girls the gals if you will going to a sports bar and uh, Samantha meets a man and she ends up dating the man for a while, but she finds that she is unsatisfied in the bedroom because this guy only uh, will engage in uh, certain activities if the Knicks what win. What activities? <laughs> if the Knicks win, if the Knicks win. Now, here's the thing. At one point during the episode, she's like, I'm not getting any action because the Knicks stink. And they're, and, but. This episode was released in August of 2000, or excuse me, August of 1999. So this is coming off their finals run in the strike shortened season, so that it would not, not seem to jive. But if anybody remembers, the Knicks were pretty bad that season. They finished the year 27 and uh, and 23 in strike shortened season. So it does it does track. And then at the very end of the episode, the Knicks play their last game of the season, and she's like, "Yes, I'm going to finally get laid." on a regular basis. And the guy's like, well, now I could devote all of my attention to the Mets, um, which <laughs> LOL Mets. Uh, that is my honorable mention. Uh, I would have, if the draft went a different way, I probably would have ended up with it. But anyway, yeah. I thought you were going to take the episode where Cynthia Nixon dates the Knicks team doctor. So the other episode you're talking about is there, they go and uh, Cynthia Nixon thinks that the man she's dating who was the next team doctor is flirting with one of the cheerleaders. But then she realizes that he, and this is before they started. No, sorry. This is before they, they started dating. And then afterwards she realizes that no, he's not into the cheerleader. He's into her. That's more of like a plot line, but I, I, I go with the other episode, the games people play episode because the Knicks are really like a character in that episode, as opposed to just kind of like a thing that gets mentioned. So. Do you, yeah. do you think Michael Richards is upset that he didn't get to actually give the neo-Nazi speech in that episode of, of Seinfeld? <laughs> Leave Kramer alone. <laughs> ah, is any honorable mentions? <laughs> you know, uh, I I have a, a, a deep cut honorable mention from a very, very... I, well, you know what? Fuck it. I like this movie. I'm going to say that I like it. Uh, in the movie Rush Hour 2... Jackie Chan's dream ah. is to see a Knicks game at Madison Square Garden. And it doesn't actually happen in said movie, which is why I didn't think it was a good contender for the list. But I really okay. love Jackie Chan. I think that's a delightful little plot beat. And that that is my that is my honorable mention. And I like that movie. I don't care if it's bad. I Oz, I love that movie. The the third one gets a little weird. And mm -hmm. I really hope they don't make a fourth one, but um, yeah, the Rush Hour movies are are super fun. And that scene you're talking about when he wants to chase after the, the FBI agent that uh, was helping them and was going to New York. And he goes, I always want to go to Madison Square Garden and see the Knicks play. And then Chris Tucker says, let's go get some Mushu. There, there, you know, I have another one, which is uh, this is just I'm surprised no one took it because it's very Knicks centric. 
And that's how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yeah. It's the one I was going to take if it wasn't uncut gems. They, yeah, I don't, they're literally in the finals. I'm stunned I, that they didn't I, get I, taken. That's the only reason to take it because it doesn't, nothing makes sense about the way they depict the playoffs in that movie. It's like they just teleport. And, but he does, he's a big Alan Houston fan. Wait a minute. Are you saying it doesn't make sense that it's three in the afternoon for game three of the NBA finals? I, 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 I'm suggesting that, you know, maybe if they filmed this in the 50s, that'd make more sense. But uh, that's a, that's another movie that feels like it's AI generated, but McConaughey McConaughey makes it watchable. Oh, see, boy, Kate, Kate I would Hudson go the opposite direction on McConaughey in that movie. <laughs> that is not what made it. Yeah, well, Kate Hudson's lovely in that movie. Yes. Uh, McConaughey mm-hmm. is fucking awful in that movie. That is yeah, like why we needed a McConaughey. But that's uh, you're. I completely agree with you. He's terrible at it. It makes it watchable. I think it's he's it's such a train wreck. Speaking of which, another honorable mention: train wreck. Well, featuring Amari Stoudemire. Um, that that should uh, that should be noted. And uh, hold on. Oh, speaking of Kate Hudson, second cutest girl on film ever to be wearing piece of Nick's uh, gear. Uh, runner up to Jennifer Aniston from Friends, mm. which I feel like should get mentioned as well. Um, the iconic. Nick's sweatshirt. So, yeah. Agreed. Anything okay. else? We get everything? I, those are all the honorable mentions I wrote down. The train wreck scene. It's not even a scene. Mark Stoudemire is getting knee surgery, which I think was, I almost took it just to be like, you want to define Amari Stoudemire's career with one movie? He plays himself getting knee surgery by Bill Hader in that movie, who plays a surgeon. And then the end scene in that movie is uh, Amy Schumer apologizing and trying to win him back on the next home court. So two, two very last ones. Uh, Wait, I have, I have one. Can I throw? Oh one yeah, please. Yeah, go ahead. I, I thought uh, I, it's just so weird that I think it needs to be mentioned, which is the exorcist three. I, so that's, if we were going to all, if, if you had taken a movie, I was going to stick with my nineties movies themes and take exorcist three. Yeah. It's, it is extraordinarily strange movie. And there's like a weird dream sequence where, Patrick Ewing is in it for no fucking reason at all. It's like a weird white cloak thing. I've not seen this movie in a very, very long time, but do you have, do you have I've more never to say seen the movie? I've, oh, you've just seen the clip? I've, I've, I haven't even seen the clip. I've seen this, the still frame. I've, okay. I've never seen the movie. I have seen the hallway sequence entirely too many times, though. The, the jump scare that's the good on part the top of that movie. Yeah. The, on, it's on top of many lists as like the number one jump scare in movies. So. Um, but the only other two I wanted to mention, we did a pretty good job sticking to the Knicks, um, for this list. But in terms of Madison Square Garden, um, the or one of the Clubber Lang fights at Rocky in Rocky Three, um, was at uh, MSG. It was alleged ah. to occur at MSG, or at least that was the outside shot. And then, um, the greatest greatest movie ever that uh, takes place exclusively at Madison Square Garden, Eddie Murphy Raw. Oh yeah! Oh, that doesn't count. That it's, you know, it's a good, it's, a, a good movie with a uh, heart-crushing scene at Madison Square Garden is Miracle. They get crushed by the Soviets at Madison Square Garden. Oh. Right ah, ah, it's well done. Very good job. I feel like that'd be more for a Rangers podcast, though. That's why I didn't pick it. We're we're, we're Nick's house here. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're going there. Um. So. I'm very excited for what you guys have in store. Hey, wait, uh, wait, wait. We got to read our teams. But, yeah, we got oh, we we to okay. leave our... Sorry, come on. Sorry. All right, I'll go first. I actually <laughs> um, think I'm going to win on Twitter. 
I I think you're gonna win on quality. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if there are any win- winners. Oh no, John's gonna win for Space Jam, but no one knows what Forget Paris is. So uh, people Seinfeld, might find out Space Jam is tough. I'm gonna look up how much money uh, Forget Paris made. Space Jam, Eddie, Forget Paris, and uh, Seinfeld the limo. Oz, she's got to have it. And the Mars Blackman associated marketing campaign with Michael Jordan, the other guys, Soul, and Entourage. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Out of the Shadows, Godzilla 1999, Hitch with lead actor Will Smith, excuse me, Academy Award winner Will Smith, ignore the details of what happened when he won the award, and Uncut Gems. Claudio's list is some chaos energy. Yes. <laughs> but, by the way, like a masterpiece and three just bags of dog shit. Mm-hmm. Forget Paris. $56 million worldwide. How you doing? No, sorry. I, I was looking at a different. List. Okay. IMDb says $33 million, but the internet says somewhere else says $56 million. It made a lot of money. Hitch made 370 million. I cut gems did well too, right? Yeah. I cut gems did well and probably made like the same amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> probably to be honest. Yeah. Shout out 2019. Great. Yeah. D- different times. Okay. Now that that's over. Um, I'm excited for what you guys have at store. Uh, I, I can't wait to become a regular listener again. And um, yeah, I mean, Oz, you want to say anything else? I mean, you, you've been you've been busy uh, of late. I don't know if, if you want to get into that before we get out of here. But sure, I, I will share what I'm up to. First of all, I am very excited to return to the world of podcasting with Mr. Claudio. I've really, I've truly missed it. And we would have every so often like a, a little chat or a Zoom, and be like, "How are we going to bring it back, buddy? We got to catch up." And we'd both be like, "I have no fucking idea." But Claudio picked a genius idea that we can do it in an hour without like two weeks of prep every single time that we compress into like three days. So uh, I'm I'm delighted to be back. Please come listen. And uh, yeah, I guess I've left Yash behind and I've joined Macri in the world of reformed, escaped lawyers. And I no longer do anything in law. And I run a drone light show company where we put up hundreds of drones in the sky at once. We did the Super Bowl, the NBA draft. Uh, we did giant shows for Netflix, F1, NASCAR. Uh, we just did Miguel Cabrera's retirement last week. Here's a drone. For anybody that was really cool, by the way. I, I, I looked at it on Instagram and I, I was like, not, not that I didn't like already see your stuff and was blown away by the other stuff, but that spoke to me as a baseball fan. So that we was did, really cool. Oz. We did the San Francisco Giants, the Colorado Rockies, and the Detroit Tigers last month. So uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram at Pixis Drones, P-I-X-I-S Drones. And uh, yeah, follow Final Draft on X, Twitter, whatever it's called, Instagram, all of those things. Thank you, Andrew. I just put it up on the screen. It'll be hyperlinked in your episode description as well. Everybody. Oh, yay. Yes. Backlinks. It's good for our SEO. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, this, I, I'm happy we were able to do this. It's it been on the schedule a couple times over the last few weeks and it got pushed. <laughs> Not my fault for once. I blame a certain half of America. <laughs> whatever i'm really happy we got this episode in it got delayed uh a bit but we got it in just in the nick of time because the next time uh you will hear something on this feed it will be jeremy and i back in our usual spot where we will be 
for all intents and purposes, every week from now until whenever the season ends, uh, coming your way, you know, when the, the calendar turns from, or when the week, weekly calendar turns from Sunday to Monday at midnight. Um, and, uh, of course, after that, our very first post game of the 23-24 season after uh, Monday night's preseason kickoff uh, between the Celtics and Knicks. Thanks, everybody, for checking out another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, we will be back with lots of good stuff coming your way very soon. Peace out.